What's up, guys? This is John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. Guys, this is a show for complete athletic development. Our mission is to give you the tools to win, whether you're the athlete, the parent, or the coach. If you are new to our show, first, I want to welcome you. Thank you for joining us. I know the show is growing. I've been looking at the numbers, and we appreciate everybody that has started to support our movement here. If you're new, I'm going to go ahead and break down how our show operates because we are a little different than your standard podcast. We have multiple episodes within our show. The first episode that you'll hear is a Q&A. That's where myself and my co-host, Chris Scarborough, what's up? Good uh, early afternoon. I was about to say good early morning. Early afternoon. <laughs> yeah. That's where, uh, that's where Chris and I will answer your questions. We'll take anything uh, performance-related, uh, rehab, nutrition. We'll tackle it if it's got to do with athletics. Um, we're going to dig into that. You can submit those questions to, Chris, where can they get them? Info at startingblockpodcast.com. Yes, submit your questions there, and we will answer those on the Q&A. Um, that episode is a bi-weekly episode. The other one that's a bi-weekly episode is going to be the guest interview, which is what today is, and I'll bring our guest on here in just a second. Hey, guys, the goal of the guest interview is you know, we want to connect you with the greatest and the best of the best across the country. Um, you know, And so we're going to bring in guests and colleagues. They're going to share their stories of success, what they do with their patients, their clients, and uh, you know, we hope that you get some valuable information out of that for your team, yourself, your family. And the final episode that you'll hear from us is our Friday Fire or Saturday Sermon. It just depends on when I get to it because, like I said, I do run an actual business. And as much as I'd like for this to be my full-time job, um, I have a business to run. So um, that's basically 10 to 20 minutes of me giving you guided wisdom or ranting, uh, however you would like to take that. Um, so that is how our show breaks down. We do have a fee, and that is the fee, pay your dues. Pay your dues, guys. We do this show for free, and we ask that if you get valuable information from this, if you like the people we connect you with, if it's something that you're able to take and apply to your daily life with your team, your family, your coaches, we just ask you to please subscribe and share the show. Just help us help support this movement. That's all we ask for. I feel like that's a very small fee to ask. Um, and I know you guys are listening because I see the numbers. And so just please share that and bring us a friend. Just bring us one friend each time. Help us grow this. And so that's all we ask. Pay your dues. And I think that's all the housekeeping. I think we're good, right, Chris? I didn't miss uh, anything, did I? Well, you got it all, John. Okay, cool. Well, then let's get right to it because today is going to be a good episode. Um, you already know who is here because you can probably read the title. So, guys, today we have Dr. Jack Cruz joining the show. Hello, Doc. How are you today? Thank you. Excellent. I appreciate you joining the show. Dr. Cruz is a neurosurgeon and the CEO of Cruz Longevity Center. Um, Doc, I cannot stress enough how grateful we are for you to take the time out of your day um, to join us. Thank you. No problem. Yeah. So, um, we have a handful of questions that, you know, we want to kind of get to, but for those of our listeners who don't follow you on social or don't follow your work, can you share with them a little bit um, about you know what it is that you do? Uh, that's, that may take a little bit, a uh, little bit of time. <laughs> basically, I knew that's a loaded question. <laughs> basically, twenty years ago, um, I was what we would call a centralized allopathic doctor. Uh, I'm a neurosurgeon by trade. I'm also 
a dentist. I used to be an oral surgeon. And um, I began to realize probably about five, four or five years after my residency that a lot of the things that I was taught to do weren't really helping a lot of my, my patients out. And this background doubt was always in me. And then after I finished residency, I had my own health issues. The big health issue was I was gaining a lot of weight after residency and I couldn't figure out why because I really wasn't eating that much. And um, I sat down with my primary care doctor and I said to him, look, what do you want me to do? So he gave me the classic centralized line, eat less, exercise more, and you'll do fine. So I did just that and I gained 30 more pounds. That put me at six to 360 pounds. So then it, it invoked a feeling in me that I got from my reading Albert Einstein's biography. If you do the same shit over and over again, expect a different result. It's called insanity. So, um, I decided to jump down a rabbit hole that happened to me right at the same time. I was designed some uh, minimally invasive spine uh, instruments for a company in Birmingham, Alabama. And I was speaking to a group of orthopedic surgeons and neurosurgeons about this. And when I stood up to give the talk, I got a horrible pain in my right knee. And um, I had to have help to get to the podium to give the talk. I gave the talk. But right after the talk was over, since there was orthopedic guys there, even though there were spine guys, they, they kind of know sports medicine stuff. They examined me and felt that I had a bucket handle tear in my meniscus. And all of them and me were both surprised that that could happen just from standing up to give a talk. So the craziest part of the story was one of the orthopedic surgeon's wives from California Worked for a company, big company that you guys should know, in uh, pharmaceuticals. And she goes, look, I know why this happened to you. I want to send you a book, and I want to send you some papers, da-da-da-da-da. And basically what she was trying to tell me was that the source of my problem was tied to a problem with Big Pharma. But unfortunately, that's not how Uncle Jack took it. Um, she gave me specific <laughs> instructions to read the book first. And the name of the book was called The Monk Who Sold His Ferrari by Robin Sharma. It's a fable. It's not a true story. And then she told me to read these papers. And the common thread in all the papers, well, they were tied to this hormone called leptin. And for those of your listeners who don't know, leptin was discovered at Rockefeller University in 1994. That was after I finished residency and actually uh, way after even medical school. So obviously I didn't learn too much about it in medical school. So that piqued my interest, you know, right there. But when I read the order of the, the book and the, the, the papers, I thought she was trying to tell me that what was in the book was actually possible. See, I took it a totally different way. So I jumped down this rabbit hole when I was practicing in Nashville, Tennessee, um, and I went uh, to the Vanderbilt Medical School Library and started studying as much as I could from new textbooks about leptin, and then I started looking to old textbooks, you know, from medicine in the 40s, 50s, and 60s. And long story short, my Eureka or Epiphany moment occurred in Florence, Italy, when I was standing underneath uh, Michelangelo's David. And I looked up at him and said, that's perfection 500 years ago. I said, look at my fat ass now. This is not perfection. What's different? And actually, as I looked up, if you've ever been to Florence to see where David is, he's in like a cupola that has a dome, but there's a big marble cornice that goes all the way around. And on the cornice was a bird and through the window was coming sunlight that was hitting David. 
And in that moment, I realized, oh, shit, the difference is the, the light environment that he lived under and I lived in was totally different. And I said, this is circadian biology. So I went home. I got on the flight, actually, the next day to Delta. I started to write this document that's now on my website called the quilt document. And it's 30 different levees. And I called them levees because obviously I did my training in New Orleans. Levees protect the city. And I said, these ideas are all in here to protect cells. And I went back to the medical school library and started to find all the pieces and parts to this story. And, you know, recently you guys know I've done a pretty epic uh, podcast with Rick Rubin and, and Dr. Huberman mm-hmm. that was almost 12 hours long that they cut to six. And it really lays out a lot of the details, which I think your listeners can go listen to, because I don't want to really go over them here. But long story short, yeah, I found yeah, this. Yeah, absolutely. I'll, I'll put it out there for them for sure. Yeah. I, I, like, I'll I found, tag it in all this when we post it. I found a pathway that starts in the eye and goes into uh, deep into the brain called the leptin melanocortin pathway. And this pathway, probably for you guys, the part of this pathway that you're going to want to talk about that we didn't talk about in the other podcast is this is the superhuman uh, pathway. This is the pathway that the Sherpas use on the top of the Himalaya mountains to do the things that your guys in your gym could never do. Okay. And these little Sherpas, 120, 130, 140 pounds, I've been there to meet them. They're all tan when... They're at base camp where they normally live. They eat oatmeal, lentils, rice. But when they go up on the mountain, they eat nothing but pure saturated fat. They're all shredded. They're all tanned. And they can pick up two to 300% their body weight. So all the Northern European and Americans that are paying these guys look at them and they go, how come I can't do that? But I go to the gym all the time. And this story with the Sherpas, the reason why it got really, really important is, believe it or not, NASA has been to study them for the same reason. Some of the exercise equipment that they use on the ISS is based mm-hmm. on some of the things that they learned from the Sherpas. Uh, the, the machine that they use is called the Vasper machine that works up in space. Um, but I went even deeper than that. I actually wanted to find out actually how the pathway works and what makes humans uh, have abilities that currently in the modern world we don't see. Like what blocks us in North America, Europe, Africa from seeing this in patients? So to give Mm -hmm. your listeners a little bit of the flavor of Robin Sharma's book, the book is about a lawyer from New York named Julian Battle who's overweight. He's an asshole. He's pale. Uh, he has a heart attack in the courtroom. Uh, he decides to quit law, sell his Ferrari, and move to the top of the Himalaya Mountains. He comes back in one year, tan, 100 pounds less. He's a nice guy. He's not an asshole. Everybody likes him, and then he wants to go and become a Zen master and teach everybody what you know he learned. That's the TLDR of the story. So what did I do? I went and found the pathway that the book was really about, and then I went... And found out that it crashed into things that DARPA was doing, that NASA was doing, SETI was doing, that um, some of the things that some of the best performance athletes around were doing at that time, but had no earthly idea why they were doing it. You know, they were coming up with these crazy ideas like 
not to throw a guy under the bus, but uh, uh, I did it on Rick's podcast, and I might as well do it here. I'm a big fan of Wim Hof because he's gotten everybody into cold. But the problem yeah. is yeah. his breathing techniques are wrong. They don't they break the bore and Haldane effect in the in the in the lung. Uh, but the thing is, it still works, and it really works for performance athletics. But the problem is, people don't know the reason why. Well, I just spilled the beans to the rest of the world how it works and how it's tied to this pathway and how it ties to this really special protein that's in all mammals called melanin that's made from palm seed. Palm seed is a gene in us that mammals specialize in, and that palm seed is called pro-opio-melanocortin. And you hear that word melanocortin in there, so you can probably figure out this gene is translated only when UV light is present, and then we break that palm C gene up into seven different peptides. And those peptides have different effects, but basically each one of those effects is part of what allows the Sherpas to do the things they do. You made a uh, an interesting statement that I really, uh, that just resonated with me, and it's a, and it's a simple statement, but... You know, remember, I come from the school of thought that education is very important, but big biceps are definitely important. Um, and so <laughs> this statement resonated with me. And it's, you know, you said that light is buried in everything in a cell where scientists don't even look. Yeah. And it's based at the electronic level in the cell. Yeah. And, and, and that, so that's what you that need to know. That's so, really the story of Pomsi. And once you understand that, mm-hmm. Like, one of the things, you know, that I've gotten, I wouldn't say in trouble, but I've been controversial, and it would probably be controversial with your audience, is you think about some other guys that have podcasts, like Peter Adia, who's also friends with Rick and friends with, with Huberman. He's gone out and basically tells people, just wrote a new book, Longevity is all about big muscles, biceps, like you guys believe. And the funny thing is, when you go to see the Sherpas, they don't have big muscles. Mm-hmm. And... In my world, uh, the number one researcher in the world that studies super centenarians, okay, those are people that live 100 years and older. These are all these little Jewish fat guys that live in New York City that have leptin levels that are over 20. They don't look like Michelangelo's Adonis, and there's a reason for that. And it turns out the reason for that actually is tied to this gene that we're talking about. And the reason I want to come on and talk to you guys about it, because I want you to realize, and you don't realize this because you're in a gym, My patients that live 80, 90, 100 years old, they don't look like Michelangelo's David. Humans are not designed to look like that. In fact, the ones that do usually die of heart disease 50, 60, 70 years old. And here's the funny part of the story. That is not said to kick you guys square in the balls. It's actually said to be a paradox so that you guys say, okay, let's hold that. Tell me why that's the case. And I'll explain Mm -hmm. it to you. Absolutely. Well, you, let's, uh, you, let's go. <laughs> you guys believe that building up big muscles is how you take care of, of glucose and insulin. And you're right. That's actually how it works. But here's the difference. We come from a clade of mammals called primates. Our nearest cousins bury their mitochondria in their muscles. Those are the gorillas and the chimps. Gorillas and chimps have the strength that Sherpas have because they bury their mitochondrial density in muscles. Humans, the silly talking monkeys, bury it here and in their hearts, okay? And this is what we die from. We die from neurodegeneration and we die from heart disease. The interesting thing is the belief has come around. Hey, take a look at our cousins. Maybe if we 
get these huge physiques that we have the same thing. But here's the part of the story that you guys forgot. Mammals are the only animal on this planet that make blood glucose and insulin directly from sunlight. And guess what that means? It's irrespective of what you eat. In fact, it's additive to what you eat. So when you get the idea that if I have big muscles, you think you can do it anywhere around. Well, most people have big muscles do it in a gym. And what kind of light are they under? Blue light. Guess what blue light stimulates? Blood glucose and insulin. So I want you to think about this common sense. Remember the the piece of paper that you showed me before about uh, the dildo of unintended consequences (laughs) often comes unlubed? That is the the point that I'm trying to tell you. That explains the paradox why big muscles in mammals that live under alien light don't last very long. Now, if I could get you guys to do everything that you do, but do it out here, do it like they did in Venice Beach, do it outside, I'm completely okay with that. I want you to be in the light that Pomsi was evolutionary built for. We do that, we've solved for X. Uncle Jack is happy. Um, so, Uncle Jack, I, gotta... I, I need... Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I was just going to say, you guys may not know this, but I take care of high-performance athletes at my clinic here. I take care of NFL players, NHL players, basketball players. And when I take care of them is not when you guys get them. I get them after they look like Adonis, but they're broken. And they, they come to me and they say, I've already got the big muscles. Why am I falling apart? See, and therein lies the flip side of the coin that you guys don't see. That's the side that I deal with. And that's with. what I was going to. was out, like exactly in that, in that direction. Like what was it about your environment that made you tear your meniscus? What was it about their environment that makes them break down like that? And then what is the answer? What, I mean, how do you then reverse that? How do we go? How do we well, take that? I, Chris, I don't know how much you know about neurosurgery, but you know that most of the people that I operate on do dumb shit at night. So I'm always up in the middle of the night having to take care of people. So I'm always under alien light. I operate with a light on my head. I operate with a microscope that's got a xenon bulb. Every kind of bit of Wi-Fi is connecting every bit of my equipment to computers that run the things that I do. Do you know do you know the NFL draft that just happened? The guys will be coming into uh, each of their cities. Do you know the first thing they get as a rookie? They got an iPad with the playbook on it. Okay? They, in other words, there's no more playbook like there used to be when I played football, where you actually study. Everything is electronic-based. Chris, have you ever taken a spectroscope and put it on a screen? Uh, never have. It's all blue lit. Well, guess what? That's what raises your blood glucose and your insulin right away. You don't need cheesecake. You don't need Oreo cookies to do it. All you need to do is go in blue light. And um, when I tell them, by the way, how much do you use your cell phone? And they put it up to their ear. Then I hand them a paper from 2011 from Nora Volkow from NYU. Every time you use a cell phone, do you know what it does? Raises your blood glucose. Raises your triglyceride levels. No food needed. So we're on the same page with the blue light. I mean, and I want, I'd want i like your opinion on this. I, it's a requirement in my facility, even though we're under the lights, that your phones are always, you know, the blue light's blocked on your phones, iPads, computers. We use blue light blocking glasses a lot. Um, 
do those types of um, you know changes do they truly assist or is it just a placebo for us? No, it's an assist. But what you need to do is tell the people that come to your gym to leave all their devices in their car and put them on airplane mode. They should not be in because even when they're in the gym, they're emitting RF and microwaves, which guess what? Release blood glucose. So, Mm -hmm. and, and insulin. So, and it does that through two of the peptides that are in the POM C gene, which is called uh, ACTH, which you guys have heard of before that makes cortisol and cortisol is gluconeogenic. It makes blood glucose. The second one is called CLIP and CLIP is an uh, insulin secretog. That's how this happens. In fact, I was on a plane coming coming here um, yesterday, and I had a discussion with a patient that was sitting next to me who had cataracts, and I was explaining something to her that if you just look at a, a, a musketeer's bar, just look at it, it will raise your blood glucose because of how the eye is wired by POMSI. Just the reflection off the musketeers can raise it. So... When people hear this, you know, this isn't Jack Cruz's opinion anymore. You can go read papers in the literature that show you that I'm right. And the reason why I'm right is because it's tied to this retinohypothalamic pathway, basically a semiconductive pathway that goes from your eye all the way in to your thalamus. Anything that has the word thalamus in it is tied to this pathway. Well, it turns out everything in your brain is tied to this pathway. And it turns out one of the key uh, peptides that's cleaved in POMSI is called alpha-MSH. What does alpha-MSH make? Melanin. Melanin is the key semiconductor in all of your clients. And you need to do everything possible to make sure that their melanin sheets in their head and on their services are pristine. Then you get a perfect athlete. That That's how the Sherpas do it. And when you understand how the performance works, uh, you're going to begin to realize that you don't need to have huge muscles to be superhuman. You're going to be able to do the things that we used to hear, the stories from the American Indians, that they could run as fast as Buffalo. And, you know, you, me and Chris probably listen to these stories and go, yeah, whatever. I actually used to think it was BS. I don't think it's BS anymore. I've actually seen uh, too many athletes over the last 20 years do things that people tell them are physically impossible to do by changing their training routine. And I've got a guy who's a, a member of my site right now who is a world champion power lifter who, through COVID, his whole world has gotten disrupted. He's decided to use cold and UV light, now is relocated from the United States to Mexico. He's now smaller mass-wise and stronger than he was when he was huge. And he cannot believe it. His name is David Herrera. So if you ever run into him, you can fact check me and see that is in fact possible. The, the big issue is I want people to know that hypertrophied muscles uh, affects the thermodynamics of mitochondria. Why? Because the number of mitochondria we have in us is a zero-sum game. So if you put it in your muscles and you don't have it in your heart, you don't have it in your brain, what are you effectively doing? It's it's a game of Robin Hood. You're stealing from the rich to pay the poor. And when you understand truly how POMSI works, the goal for you guys as trainers and and creating high-performance athletes is to limit the amount of blue light, the amount of non-native EMF, so that POMSI only gets turned on at the appropriate time 
and then you have them do the things that you guys want them to do. I mean, you know, every athlete has a different modus operandi. I like to tell the story about, you know, Usain Bolt because it offends just about every trainer when they hear it. When they asked him when he won all the, the five gold medals how he did it, he said, well, I ate Chicken McNuggets and ran in my home country. And everybody thought he was lying. Well, I went down to Jamaica and talked to him. And that's exactly what he did. He ran on volcanic land at the 20th north latitude and trained with no clothes on except shorts. And he ate Chicken McNuggets. And why is the story important for people to hear? You guys teach everybody how important food is. I tell people food is about sixth on the list. Light and the engines are number one and number two. And if you get those two right, you can eat shit on a shingle and still be a performance athlete. But that's not my message. That's not your message. I say it to you guys to be agent provocateur. I want to stir the mix up so that you get it. Because I do think when you guys get your clients, I do want them to eat clean. I do want them to be wise. I want them to eat a diet where they're creating a, a bunch of H plus inside their matrix because that what's that's what makes them thermodynamically more efficient. But at the same time, if I allow you guys to persist in telling a half truth, I'm not going to get to what my goal is. See, nobody's ever asked me what my goal is. My goal is not to make money off of this uh, finding or innovation that I found. My goal is to change medicine because I'm madder than hell that I was lied to for so long. And I, if you want medicine to become truly decentralized, to follow how nature built us, we have to stop telling people have truths. We have to tell them that, look, the, the engines, the mitochondrial engines, are more important to get right than the fuel you put in them. I, I always use this analogy because it's simple for, for guys to get who like to work out. Um, when a Ferrari comes off the line, I don't care if you put 87 gas in it, ethanol gas, 93 octane, it's still going 225 miles an hour. But if you do that for two months, then you're going to have to put the highest octane gas in. Why? Because the engine needs to be tuned up. Well, for that car, you need a mechanic to do that. But see, in us, nature built in two change programs for our engines, autophagy and apoptosis. And most people don't even realize that autophagy and apoptosis are controlled predominantly by the two frequencies of light that modern te technology has taken out, which is purple, which is UV light, and infrared A light, which is uh, the most dominant part of the solar spectrum, 43%, which is the reason why when you guys train people, I want it. Take a look behind me. That's what I want. Well, Dr. Jack, the, as far as... So, well, let me back up just a little bit. John and I... And, and, of course, we're, we're just talking amongst ourselves. And it, it, I had 18 new athletes last year, okay, last summer. That's, that's the busiest time of year. 18 new athletes, six of them, six of, of 18. These are supposedly healthy athletes. Had some history of, of, uh, of stress fracture in their, in their spine, stress reaction in their spine. I don't even know, know what that is. And that was just the back injuries, six out of 18 new athletes. And that doesn't include the shoulder or whatever. Does, does a poor light environment or poor light, you know, electromagnetic, you know, all this, is, is that related to what I'm now seeing? And if so. Yeah. Not, now, not related. Answer, Dr. Jack, I want to <laughs> interrupt. The, 
it, I want to know if I'm on the right track here. Is it, is it, and I may be pronouncing this wrong, but is it the process of the heteroplasmy? Which, is that, well, did that, I pronounce that what, correctly? Yeah, the word is correct, but what Chris just described is a higher heteroplastic rate in those tissues. What, what I want, I want to go back. Mm-hmm. Chris, you probably, this is going to be more for you than it is for your partner. I want you to think about in the 1960s when New York Mets had Nolan Ryan, um, Tom Seaver. These guys would throw 300 innings a right. year. Nobody would ever get set, uh, right? They, they, they were iron horses. Today, we have NBA players that can't even play 60 games. Think about Kawhi mm-hmm. Leonard. Think about uh, Williamson from New Orleans. And the point that I'm trying to make to you, Chris, is you don't even realize you have lived your life where you saw an environment when you were a young man like I was, where athletes were able to do things like what Cal Ripken did and what Lou Gehrig did, that today's athletes, they marvel at. they like, I can't believe they can do that because they're falling apart. You know what the difference is? There was no electromagnetic use in any of those athletes back then. The only thing they dealt with was radio and TV. They didn't have playbooks. They weren't on TV. There was no ESPN. Uh, they're, they're not in a studio. Uh, you don't realize the effect of uh, what this does. And the reason you don't realize this, Chris, is because you need to understand what is a mitochondria effectively. Okay? It is an electromagnetic torque engine. Okay? It's an electromagnetic decipherer of the energies in your environment. So if you put somebody in a shitty environment, wouldn't it stand to reason that they would get injured more? Because that's exactly what you're seeing. And the problem is, even though you're right next to the answer, you're still missing the key piece. You still go back, oh, well, if we get bigger biceps and we feed you better food, this will go away. In fact, you know what's happening, Chris? The exact opposite. They're getting sicker. And not only that, their athletic performance goes to about 20 to 25 years old. This is this is so obvious in the NFL where most players that come into the draft one contract players. That's it. Very very few people can play 10, 15 years. But guess what? In the 60s and 70s, these guys played 12. I mean, Bob Lilly, Bruce Matthews, uh, Brett Favre, you know, the latest one. But do I think that 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 is ending quickly because of the way they do things? And, you know, the one athlete that's kind of broken some of the rules that I hope you think about is Brady. And what does Brady do? He does a lot of crazy shit, but most of his crazy shit's done outside. (laughs) Right. Right. There's your answer. I mean, he, he, he does not like to use technology. And, you know, his ideas around food, as I told you, I could care less because the food's not really that important. Really, all food is is to put electrons into the system. Um, it's really not as important as people want to make it out to be. But the way in which you live your light environment, dude, it's everything. And it's everything because of this gene, POMC. Okay, so I, I, like I said, we're on we're on the same page with you, and so trying to start to initiate change and getting people to understand this. I mean, when you're talking to a collegiate or high school athlete, or even parent for that matter, when you talk about even even in very you know um, you know simplistic language, just look, blue light is very detrimental to you. 
We have the largest high school in the state of Tennessee right at my back door. And where, it is where are you guys at in Tennessee? Everything's I. Where are you guys I'm at? In, we're I'm in Birmingham. In Collierville, I'm in the, I, I know where that is. <laughs> Chris is in Birmingham. All right, so I yeah, know where you guys are. We're right outside Memphis, Tennessee. But uh-huh. how do you – so these kids are under these lights all day. They're on the iPads all day. And I can see a specific difference between them and schools in Mississippi who have a little bit different approach. How do you help reset somebody, so to speak, at least just put them in a better state before a training session or a rehab session? Well, the first thing I would do is I would actually explain to them the very simple things that I'm trying to get through to you. Like uh, back when I started this whole process out, I would start with athletes. And this is how I start with my NFL guys and my NHL guys. I tell them the single most important thing in decentralized medicine for performance is seeing the sunrise every day. So I said, you need to set your clock because most of them get up way too late. And I said, I want you to see the sun. I want your feet and your hands on the ground. I I used to use the acronym, the Sphinx. I said, the ancient Egyptians had it right. You want to look to the east as the sun stays there. The more performance you want, the more time you spend in front of that sun. So your first hour, your first two hours, like, for example, one of the things I got Rick Rubin to change, 90 Mm -hmm. minutes every day he walks on the edge of the beach looking at the sun, okay? That it took him that to reverse 40 years of bad decisions around light. So if you're an elite athlete and you're 17, 18, 19 years old, do as much as you can, okay? That means no phone, no texting, no nothing. Just go out and do that. Uh, second part of the equation, when you do use technology, use it smart. So in other words, on your computers, use Iris software because it blocks the blue light and it also blocks the flicker. Um, try not to call too many people on the phone. Texting is better than putting the cell phone up to your face. Just realize every time an athlete looks at a a screen that doesn't have the blue blocking screen on it, it reduces their melatonin and frees vitamin A in their body. Every freed portion of vitamin A makes you a a poor athlete. In other words, your athletic level as vitamin A is liberated goes like this. No matter what you do in the gym. No, I don't care what you get them to do. It will not work. Um, And then when they get really good at it, if, uh, say, they work in an indoor gym and and they can't get the lights, just turn the lights off. Keep them off. Even though they're there, turn the lights off and ask uh, your coach to bring your own light in. Go up to, you know, Amazon, buy an EMR tech, four-foot by one-foot light, put that on and work out in front of that light. If you got to be inside, bring the red light with you. Why? Because just the glass in your gym's Block all the UV and block 40 to 60% of the red. So if you can bring some of that infrared A in, you've helped. Why? Because what does infrared A light do? This is this is the meat of what I tell you. And I'm going to give you a pretty cool story about Drew Brees. Uh, mitochondria have four red light chromophores in it. 620, 680, 760, and 860. Okay? That makes the FO head of the ATPA spin faster. No food needed. That actually means you make more energy. That's the real reason that an athlete wants to bring that in because you can improve ATP function doing that. So let's take the flip side of some of Chris's athletes, the six out of 18. My uh, one, uh, Two of my guys that you probably heard of, Adrian Peterson and, and Drew Brees. When Drew Brees tore his ligaments and his thumb, everybody said he was going to be out, you know, 10, 12 weeks, you know. 
So when the orthopedic surgeon went in and put the pin in to fix his problem, I told him, leave a little hole right here. He used that red light. He came back in five weeks. Okay? Adrian Peterson tore his ACL the whole offseason. What did he do in Texas? Used nothing but infrared A light. Next season, he ran for 2,000 yards. So do not tell me that this stuff can't even help elite athletes. In fact, it helps them worse. I mean, it helps them more. But are there other things you can do? If the elite athlete has enough money, like what did these guys do? They used deuterium-depleted water while they recovered, okay? Now, deuterium-depleted water is tough to find. It's going to be really hard for kids that are in um, in high school to get. But I'm probably going to say something that's going to piss you guys off, but it's the truth. It's not a lie. Uh, using deuterium-depleted water when you're um, an elite athlete is almost like PEDs, except you can't get busted for water. And basically what it does is it eliminates a proton that's in H2O. It eliminates deuterium. And as I said in my podcast with Rick, what the way in which I came upon this information is one deuterium atom in water binds 96 other H+. Remember, your mitochondrial matrix is filled nothing but H+. So you can imagine if that one deuterium puts a lasso around 96, can you be as thermally efficient as an athlete? The answer is no. It's obvious. So you need to get rid of all the deuterium that you possibly can in your life. So in terms of fuels, foods, why is this important? Most of you guys can look up a snake diet. Snake diet eats nothing but protein and fat. Turns out saturated fat has the best H plus protocol in it. How did I learn all this? I took all the food when I was a fat ass to figure it out which had more deuterium and not. What did I find? Saturated fats are the best. So animal products are the best. Next best is things with protein, but real protein, not shit that you guys push supplements and in a box. I'm talking about from a cow, from an animal, um, not processed. Why? Because that adds deuterium to it. And then eggs, eggs are probably one of the best things you could ever eat, but you want the yolk, not the white part, throw the white part out. How did I figure this out? I MRI'd my food because I can see the deuterium shadow in the food. And I said, wait a minute, this is starting to make sense to me. Since the inside of the mitochondria is filled with H+, I need to eat foods that just have H+. And then I went back to my biochemistry books and I realized, oh, so this is why we have all these enzymatic steps in glycolysis and gluconeogenesis. Because what nature's trying to do is get rid of all the deuterium in the part of the carbon backbone that we use in the TCA cycle. I was like, oh, this makes total sense now. Now I get why she's doing what she's doing. So... The last thing I found is that carbohydrates, when you look at it on a molar basis, this is now deep science, going to blow your head a little bit. Avogadro's number, it ties to, it's a chemistry thing where it ties to the number of atoms in a mole of something, okay? I'm not going to bore you with the math. I just want to explain something to you. How do you connect classical reality to the quantum level? Turns out Avogadro's number, how how it happens and Avogadro's number uh, correlates to chemistry and biochemistry. So when I realized that this story of electrons and protons was the big deal, I found out that one mole of carbohydrates produces 55% uh, of the water that saturated fats does. Then I woke up. Why? 
What is photosynthesis? Every one of your athletes that are young in, in high school knows this. They learned it in third grade like I did. Sunlight, CO2 makes sugar. That's called photosynthesis. Not controversial. What they need to know is that mitochondrial respiration reverses that process. It takes sugar and turns it into CO2 and water. The CO2 you exhale, the water you need, because it turns out water is the electromagnetic capacitor that you really need. And that's the deuterium to fuel depleted your water you were referring See, to, correct? That's mm-hmm. yeah. right. Well, your mitochondria makes only deuterium depleted water. So when you begin to understand why your mitochondria is doing it, because remember, those H plus go through the ATPase to spin it. If you have deuterium in there, it's kind of like putting maple syrup in your FO head. You can't make ATP. Right. You can't perform. Yeah, it's too too large. It's it's mm-hmm. like an extra proton. Yeah, exactly. It's too big, or like you said, too thick. Right. right. Well, it's double the size. Yeah. Right. It's double the size, and it breaks. It breaks the spinning head, so it ruins all the beautiful nano machines that nature put inside us to work with sunlight. And that's when you get that broken engine, like the guys that you said have the problem with the stress factors in their back and their tibia. This is the process that's going on. Why? Because they use whey protein from Mark Sisson, who they thought was good, or from Dave Asprey, that the shit's loaded with deuterium. And if you if you want to know how you can prove this, I'm going to give you guys a biohack that you can do yourself. I, I actually told Ben Greenfield this a long time ago. Take some of the bullshit that they sell, the keto snacks and the and the processed uh, protein powders, and go through TSA with it. You know what you'll find out? They pull it out of your bag. Do you know why? Because the RF pulses that they send gets the deuterium shadow, and they want to check your bag. And now that say that, yeah, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. Yeah, every time. Um, all right, so I want to talk a little bit about grounding, um, you know, mm-hmm. and the benefits, you know, because that's something that I'll make a lot of our clients and athletes do. I'll have them come in after school, and we're going to go stand outside. So you talk about grounding. We all know that, you know, it uh, you know assists with electrons. It, uh, it gives us more electrons. Speak on that a little bit more and how much that can benefit um, people. Why an elite athlete uh, wants to ground all the time? Here's the first caveat. You guys are probably okay in Colliersville. Birmingham, not so much. Um, You have to remember, we live in a new world now where you can have jump conduction. So don't assume standing on the ground is just like standing on ground was 100 years ago because it's not true. Okay? That's the first caveat. Make sure you find a good place. And the way to do that is get a body voltage meter, put it in the ground, and make sure there's no stray electricity or dirty electricity. Once you find that good patch of grass, or if you're fortunate... Uh, neither one of you are fortunate because you don't live next to a body of water like I do. I'd rather you walk in the ocean with your feet there. What's the purpose of grounding? We're the only primate on the planet that has sweat glands in our feet and our hands. Okay? The sweat glands have sodium chloride. That makes a bigger connection. The way grounding works, it reduces inflammation. How does that happen? The sun is a cathode ray. The planet is an anode. Anytime a cathode ray hits an anode, it releases free electrons. What did I just tell you food was all about? Free electrons for the inner mitochondrial membrane. So if you can get more free electrons from the anode planet that you're walking on, you don't have to eat as much. How does this work when you do it with your shirt off? On the inner mitochondrial membrane, there's a VDR receptor. What does that stand for? Vitamin D receptor. Vitamin D receptor. Right. So when your vitamin D levels up, it blocks electron flow from food. Why? Because you're designed to get it when you ground, which is why I just told your elite athletes Every morning, I want you to look to the east, 
and ground. Now you begin to see the wisdom why. Because technically, you're eating breakfast when you do that. Okay? That FO head continues to spin. You're making ATP. Okay? Your muscles are not going to get huge, but you're going to get stronger by doing that. Why? Because you're burying the electronic charge of the sun at the electronic level of your cells. That's how our Sherpa does what it does. It doesn't have to hypertrophy the muscles because you're adding shit tons of energy in. And this is the same reason why a coffee machine that you guys have in your office has that third prong, the grounding prong. Why? It's more thermally efficient using the AC current out when you ground. If you have a two-prong one, it's not as thermally efficient. So it tells you an athlete that grounds properly every morning is more thermally efficient, will make more in ATP every part of their body performance. It doesn't matter what organ, what system we're referring to. They should all perform better with, with, with better. Well, yeah, well, you, you will. You're right. But I will tell you the connection, and most people don't know this, we have the connection because we're bipedal. Mm-hmm. We're not in trees like the monkeys used to be. So we really need to use our hands and our feet. The reason why is our sweat glands, the, the major changes in us from chimps, women have hypertrophy breasts. They're apocrine sweat glands. Most women are shocked to find out that their breasts are sweat glands. Well, the same thing is true on our feet and our hands. So that's the reason why we wear socks and gloves because we sweat. But that actually has a purpose so that we're making a better connection to the ground so that we're getting those free electrons. And not only that, the other big effect that we haven't talked about, it's actually how you build your solar callus up better. Because the better connection you have in the morning means that when you do go out in the sun, that you're going to stimulate POMSI everywhere else on your body. And when you stimulate POMSI, you create melanin. Melanin absorbs all frequencies of electromagnetic radiation. So let's stop there for a minute. If your athletes in high school really like Instagram a lot, they need to be really, really tan the right way. Not the spray tans their girlfriends do. In fact, any guy who listens to this, if you're dating women who are spray tan on, <laughs> never marry her. Ever. Run away. Run away. And same thing with the ladies. The same thing with the ladies. The guys that you guys train who spray tan themselves and shred before they do a show, run away. No bueno. You want, you want the guys who do it naturally... Because guess what? Then they're going to be optimized. Their sex starting hormones will be optimized. They're going to be better partners. Their leptin, melanocortin pathway are going to be Sherpa-like, and that's what you want. So the I, it may be off topic, but I, I, not really. I mean, when you have somebody, you talk about getting tan. So that brings inevitably the question of people that are very sensitive to the sun. How, how do you work around that? Hold on, dude. With it. Do you know who you're talking it. to? Do you know who you're talking to? Take a good oh, look. You look pretty tan from this video, but, man. But look, you see the freckles? I'm a white uh-huh. dude who has uh, an H haplotype. My people come from the 59th latitude. So what am I teaching you? Inside of you, remember, I'm still a mammal. Even though my people left the East African Rift, went up and lost all my melanin, sucked it inside. Look, that's my African heritage right there. All the other stuff is where I'm trying to stimulate POMSI in. You have the biophysical chemistry in you to build a solar callus. So I, I want to make sure you get this. If your wife takes you to Louis Vuitton store, you know, in Memphis, and says, I really like these shoes, but they hurt my feet, 
and you are trying to be a good husband, you say, baby, you can buy those, wear them five times in the house, and then they'll be fine. You know, you just told her, you can break the shoes in. What you guys need to realize, we have the same process in our skin. There is something called uricolic acid that's made from an aromatic amino acid called histidine. The problem is you need to know how to use it. And then I have a, a Patreon blog called Survivor Soup. Survivor Soup adds tons of carotenes and um, uh, polyphenols from seafood that will eventually go in your skin. So just so people understand, this works in us. I know you guys know this, but I want to connect the dots. You know that pink flamingos get pink only after they uh, eat uh, shrimp, right? Only from, only, only from the Correct. previous I, podcast I, I do you did, now. Dr. Yeah, Jack. sure, yeah. That's the only time I... <laughs> <laughs> All right. So guess what? That is true. And the same thing happens in you. And just to show you how powerful this is, in your eye, at the beginning of this retinal hypothalamic tract, you have something called the macula. Well, the full term that I learned in medical school is called macula lutea. What's the lutea stand for? Lutea is yellow in Latin. You know where that yellow pigment comes from? From the things that are in your diet. And you know why it's yellow? It's a complementary color of blue. The body's telling you, in central vision, it wants no blue light. So the reason I tell you this is each one of these kids that are all blue light toxic, because I promise you all of them are, you need to get them to add these things back to their diet so they can overcome all the stuff they did from when their parents were stupid and bought them an iPhone and an iPad as a digital babysitter and basically gave Chris at least 6 out of 18 that probably did that. That's a bad problem. And and the thing is, this is the reason why these kids are breaking down. It's the reason why the NBA players are falling apart. It's the reason why even weekend warriors get the injuries they happen. And I'm going to make this even crazier for you guys since I now know that you work with a lot of high school kids. You know the number one injury, because I used to be an All-American football player and baseball player in college, so that's the reason why I'm really passionate about athletes. Uh, most of the stuff I do now is on TBI, but this one will really, really hit the point home. Chris, you're old enough like I am. Do you ever remember um, a ton of people getting Achilles uh, tears back in the 60s and 70s who were athletes? Yeah, it no, very I rarely don't. happened. Now, everybody who plays soccer, everybody who plays soccer, everybody who plays football, all these kids are getting it. Now, this tie-in you're going to love. On the skin over your gastrocnemius... Those skin cells have more POMC neurons in them than anywhere else. You know where that came from? That came from the body sculpting plan that moved us from chimp to human. So guess what happens when you don't have any exposure of that area to sunlight to bring the melanin there? The collagen in that area gets weaker and you don't make enough water. And guess what happens? Uh, it That's, seems like uh, my yes, podcast partner actually yes, uh, made did. Yeah, Achilles. about 10 years ago. Oh, is that Doing right? Something, <laughs> yes. No, well, no. It, what's, I what's didn't so know funny that. Is, it was the stupidest thing in the world, but it was very, very unusual. The way, you know, even the surgeon's like, I've never seen this in a 40, at the time, 45-year-old man. It's like, I've never seen this before. Uh, I was like. I guarantee uh, you had white legs when it happened. Probably, but uh, it was October. But what was, <laughs> yeah, but uh, it was, it was uh, yeah, but still, uh-huh. I was 45, you know, when I, when I broke down, you know, this, look, like, the, uh, the, this... but, you know, 
a lot of the the cases that I'm bringing up, these are teenagers. You know, these are teenagers. You know. Yeah. Well, I'm. I can tell you what I'm seeing in teenagers now. Teenagers that are on TikTok and Instagram, they're coming in with carotid lesions at 20 years old. I I never saw that right. until you were 60 or above. The kids that put their stuff here, they're coming in with salivary tumors and tumors on their acoustic uh, nerve. Uh, the big one that's happening now in kids is tinnitus, and they can't sleep. The reason why, most people don't know this, in your cochlea, the reason I was mad at you guys, you made me wear this, <laughs> the inside of your cochlea has a sheet of melanin in it. And most people are stunned to find out that the way hearing works, we actually have to sense light to hear. When I told Huberman that, he almost died. And I said, in fact, all five human senses have melanocytes and POMC neurons in there. Every single sensation. And you know where all the sensory neurons go in the brain? The thalamus. Remember I said in the beginning of this podcast, anything with the word thalamus, that's the target of the retinal hypothalamic tract of the leptin melanocortin pathway. Starting to see all this stuff. You're starting to go, wait a minute. I think... The take-home story from Uncle Jack is this melanin thing is the key to building strong performance athletes, and it is. Now, hold on. Before you interrupt me, i got one more big thing for you that you're going to like. Um, I said this on a podcast, not to Rick, but to someone else, but I think you're going to like it since you guys are in Tennessee. I remember telling Eddie George this a long time ago. I said, if you look at the NFL rushing leaders – what's the one thing that sticks out? I said, there's one guy on there that was high latitude. The top 10 are all guys that were born and raised below the 30th latitude. There's not been one running back in the NFL that's had the longevity to get the amount of yards they got. So let's start with guys closest to you. Walter Payton, Jackson State, Emmett Smith, Pensacola, Derek Henry, Yuli, Florida. You want to keep going? The only guy that stands out, John Riggins. And guess what? John Riggins wasn't good in the beginning of his career. He was good at the end of his career because you know what he used to do? He used to like to date women and go into the tropics <laughs> to have fun with them. Yeah. How do you like that? Wow. He was wow. better. He was better from 30 to 35 because he changed his light environment. He then started to live inside the tropics. On the off seasons, wow! I mean, that's, right, that's research and information that GMs can use. <laughs> you know, I mean, my well, gosh. I, I've, I've given the information to GMs, and believe it or not, um, I made this post uh, a, a long time ago. I and I don't know if you guys are big NFL fans, but obviously, you know, I am. There was a guy that came out of West Virginia named Kevin White that the Chicago Bears drafted. He missed a whole year in college, and I I told several GMs. I said, if you draft this guy and you're a high-latitude team, this guy's going to bust. Flip side of that argument, Marshawn Lattimore plays for the hometown Saints. I actually made a comment to several of the guys that play on the Saints. I said, make sure the message gets back to Mickey Loomis that if you're going to draft Lattimore because you need a cornerback, he needs to come here and he needs to be outside, not working out inside. Why? Because he missed a whole year of the hamstring tears. Well, in this current draft, you got another guy with the same problem. Jackson uh, uh, and Jigba, there's one big problem. He got drafted to Seattle a week ago. So guess what my prediction is? He's not going to do very well. Mm -hmm. Right. 
and watch what happens. So I'm making a prediction on your podcast that in two or three years, <laughs> you can go, son of a bitch. Look, this, this is the cool Uncle, thing about Uncle what Jack I'm – was right. Well, this is the thing I'm trying to tell you is that nature's laws are universal. They're not subject to randomized controlled clinical trials. The photoelectric effect and equals MC squared are true here, Jupiter, the, the sun, Andromeda. That's what this stuff is all about. Fundamentally, when you get right down to it, when you want to be an elite athlete, this is a story of thermodynamics. And thermodynamics comes down to E equals MC squared. Energy and mass are the same thing, okay? The difference is the environment. That's what the C squared is. And that's the story of deuterium. Anytime deuterium is in there with that extra neutron and proton, no, you want H+. plus. You want the proton by itself. That's what runs your hydrogen heat engine in your mitochondria. That is what you need to focus on, and it needs to run with those lovers right back there, that big ball of gas in the sky. If your athletes get proper UV light, build their solar callus, have good melanin sheets on the outside and good melanin sheets on the inside, they're smart about their use of technology, I believe that you guys can create Sherpas in Birmingham and Sherpas quick in on T- You were referring to TBI just a minute ago. We had a, a gentleman, uh, Rob Lucky, that was uh, on our podcast, John, um, two months ago. Um, and one of the things he, he told us that was yeah, yeah, fascinating to me, he months. said, whenever we see someone who has, say, an ACL tear or a, a, it could be an Achilles tear or whatever, and for some reason have difficulty recovering from them or they're, they become very susceptible to other injuries of other types, he said one thing we can almost guarantee is that they have some underlying undiagnosable from MRI. Und- Didn't he say that, John? Yeah, like, the, like MRI is clear. He said, but one thing that we can yeah. go back to is that they have some mm-hmm. un compl- that they did not complete some sort of recovery process and they have an old or a current concussion. Would you agree with that? Is that Well, I, I would tell you that <laughs> No, I I think I, I think that your Dr. Lucky guy needs to read a little bit of Doug Wallace's work because you guys already said it. It tells you that the heteroplasmy rate of that athlete's mitochondria is down. What what does a healthy mitochondria do? And just so you know, when we talk about redox potential, we're talking about the difference between positive and negative in a cell. Health, ultimate health, where athletes want to be is negative 400 millivolts in a cell. That defines cytochrome 1 to oxygen, okay? That's the wiring diagram on the inner mitochondrial membrane. You can be... Uh, an athlete, maybe not high performance, but a decent athlete between negative 200 and negative 400. But the best athlete, best athletes in the world, they consistently stay up. So, for example, Tiger Woods, the last 10 years, has probably been right around 200. But Tiger Woods in 1997, he was a machine. Why? Because he was doing the things that were correct uh, in his life at that time. The the same thing is true. I, I, I mean, I, I told Rick Rubin this. I said, don't you find it amazing that some of the most creative artists in the world, they're always the most creative when they're younger. Why? Because their heteroplasmy rate is the best it's ever ever been. And the problem is they usually wind up killing themselves, like Michael Jackson, when they're towards the end of their life and they've taken all their vital force out of them. They don't realize that the vital force in them is made by melanin absorbing UV light and turning it into this electric, electric charge that's buried at the bond levels of hydrogen inside of you 
So realize what Dr. Lucky needs to realize. He needs to understand what he just described was heteroplasmy rate. He described quantum physics using his experience in words, but not really the science. I'm the guy that comes in and explains to you exactly why this is happening. Because he's right. Once an athlete is injured, okay, their redox potential drops. If they don't do the things to go back to where they were before, they become injury prone. That's exactly the point that I try to make to you, Chris, about what's happening to the NBA athletes now, where they're saying, oh, well, you know, we, we should only play 60 games a year instead of 80. You know, you need to have a deep bench. Or, for example, the thing that drives me crazy as a former baseball player, I cannot believe that I just went to my first Major League Baseball game in probably 20 years in St. Louis about two weeks ago. There was like 19 pitchers in the game. I'm like, are you kidding me? I mean, this makes no sense at all, but it turns out these right. guys keep getting Tommy John injuries. They keep having all this problem because they can only throw a certain amount of pitches because they don't have the redox to do it. Tom Seaver could pitch two double headers and strike out I don't know how many people. Same thing with Nolan Ryan. And it's not because they're genetically better. It's because they were thermodynamically better because they grew up in an environment sure. that was completely different than today's athlete. So as us as coaches... What can we do to try to avoid that injury side of it? How I told can we, you. Basically, you need to teach the kids. How can we assess somebody? How can we assess somebody coming in? MRI. Know? That's how I do it. Okay. I mean, with my professional mm-hmm. athletes, I mean, I do a big workup on them. But sure. if you guys read uh, my old site, um, jackcruz.com, I have two Redox blogs. One of them is Redox okay. 1, but the second one you'll be interested in is Redox 2. And... Um, Part two of the Rick Rubin podcast dropped today, so I don't know if you guys listen to it. But in there, one of my patients, his name's Dick Rand, he has a very interesting story that I want to share with you guys because sure. I think it's really apropos for what you guys are doing. So Dick Rand came to see me, uh, and he never had any hip problems. He's an older guy. His goal is to live to 100 years old. So he came to me, and he had a two-month history of having horrible right-sided hip pain. And I did his workup because I had seen him the year before. Did all his lab work, but he was scheduled to have a brain MRI, uh, uh, um, an MRI of his body and his hip. And after examining him, I said, Dick Rand, will you allow me to cancel the MRI of your body and your hip? Because I think I know where the problem is. It's in your brain in the basal gate on the opposite side. I said, I think you're missing melanin there. And he looked at me, and here's where the story gets interesting. He went to see two orthopedic surgeons in Los Angeles one of which has an affiliation with four professional sports teams. Both the orthopedic surgeons told me he needed a hip replacement. Come to see me when you're ready to have it done. Dick Rand asked one of the ortho guys, well, how would red light help this? I don't know what you're talking about. Now, remember, the four teams that this guy works for, each one of them have a red light program for the athletes. Okay? So he... Dick Rand never gets told this. So long story short, he comes to the hospital. I do an MRI on his brain, and don't you think I find the lesion in his basal ganglion where he's got a melanin problem? And I said, that is the cause of the problem. I said, you don't need a hip replacement. We need to fix this part of your RPE. And he said to me, he goes, Jack, how did you know that the problem was going to be there? I said, it was pretty simple. When I looked in your eye, I looked at your retina, and I saw that you had a new machine gun lesion 
on this part of your retina. I said blue light bends the second most in the eye. That's exactly where blue light's been hitting it, damaged it, and what happened? It decreased the amount of melanin in your brain. How did all this work? This is for both of you guys to hear. What haven't I told you? Blood glucose and insulin through blue light actually decrease your melanin sheets inside your skull. So do you would you believe that muscle skeletal injury, there's papers out there that are in my blogs that you guys can read that show that osteoarthritis is related to a decreased amount of melanin, not only in the brain, but also in the somites that connect to that part of your body. Because you guys know when you have like a right. pain in your butt that goes down your leg, it could be L5, S1 or 4, 5. Neurosurgeons, neurosurgeons know what that dermatome is. I'm telling you that I figured out by looking in your eye where that pathway leads, the somite that it's going to hit, and where to look in your body. And it turned out for him where this hip problem was, he had no problems in the peripheral nerve at all when I examined him. But I saw this problem, and it was different than it was last year. And I've been on this guy's case because he lives in Southern California, and he has a Verizon tower on one of his buildings i said dude you need to get out of here because i think now the story's changed so when he saw his mri and saw it light up like a christmas tree and i knew to look there it's not because i'm smarter than anybody what am i trying to tell you i'm trying to tell you that this pomsey this melanin thing this sherpa thing it's a big deal and just because the guy's an older guy in his 70s i don't want to see him get a hip replacement I mean, if this is a 17 or 18-year-old kid, what happens if he starts having ACL tears or Achilles tears and nobody ever looks in his eyes? Nobody nobody would look in a 17 or 18-year-old kid's eyes. Even when they have concussions, most of the doctors on the sidelines don't do it. But I do. And now you know the reason why. Because inside the eye is something called the retinal pigmentum epithelium, Brooks membrane. That melanin is the gun that shoots the target to all the tracks in the rest of your body. So here you guys are telling them, I want you to lift these weights and get big and strong. Well, what happens if the electric wires that go to those muscles are no good? You think that's a good plan? That's why hypertrophied muscles don't matter. What matters is make sure the electrics that go to those muscles are intact first. Make sure that the electric power station, the mitochondria that feed those tracks are pristine. Then, outside, then pick your weights up, then you do what you do. What I'm trying to tell you is I want you to think about this just the way you would think about your house. Like, you would never build a beautiful house in the middle of Tennessee, and then the power company tell you, oh, we're, we're not going to come and give you a, a power line, and you're going you're gonna to have to live off, you know, a Generac grid. You're going to be like, that was stupid. But guess what? People that go to the gym and lift in blue light, that's exactly what it is. When you hear me on other podcasts, I say, going to a gym and working out with a trainer under blue light is equivalent to kicking the shit out of your kid in Walmart. It's like, it's absolutely child abuse. But you know what the problem is? People don't look at it as child abuse because they don't know the fundamentals of what I'm trying to tell you guys right now. They don't understand why their thinking is not good. That's the reason why this information is really important. And in my opinion, I don't think elite athletes that are millionaires should have this information. I think a 17-year-old kid in Colliersville or a 16-year-old girl who's in a gymnastics class that works for Chris in Alabama, they should have access to this information just like anybody else. Because guess what? 
Those kids, just like I told Uberman, the reason I want him to get it right is because he's teaching future doctors. I want you guys to get it right because you guys are going to train the future Usain Bolts. You're going to train, you know, the future Tom Seavers. You're going to train the future Tom Brady's. And if you get these kids doing it right, like if you let these kids listen to this podcast, if they want to be great, they're going to make like the Sphinx. They're going to eat like a great white shark. They're not going to call their girlfriend on Instagram and do stupid TikToks all day. And they're not going to let her get a spray tan. That's for sure. They're going to take the sunglasses off, take the contacts out, and they're going to do it the right way, the way they should do it, the way nature built them. I love it. I love it. Dr. Jack, where can people find you on social, website? Uh, Dr. Jack Cruz everywhere. If you go, like, if, if you're interested in most of my free stuff, you guys know I do podcasts. I've probably done five or 600 of them, so you can find it you know, on YouTube, Vimeo, anywhere. I've spoken at a lot of different events. Those things are on, on YouTube as well. If um, you want to see stuff on Facebook, every day on Facebook I put one pro, uh, provocative thing a day. So you can go to Dr. Jack Cruz on my Facebook page. Instagram, same thing. Twitter, same thing. Uh, I've written a book called The EpiPaleo RX about 2013. You can read that there. If you really want to learn the quantum physics that I teach people, that's where you go to Patreon. Patreon.com backslash Dr. Jack Cruz again. And then if you really want to be a stud, then you can become a member of my website. Um, my website is uh, info at cruisatdestin.com. I have different tiers, but if you like want to do one-on-one with me or just ask me questions, I do a Q&A every month for my members. Usually it lasts anywhere from three to six hours, <laughs> depending on how good their or bad their questions are. And um, then if you want me one-on-one, kind of like uh, I told you before, I'm expensive. I'm not going to lie. Um, you can hire me to be your doc. If you just want to do consultations, I can do consultations, but I only do them for my members. I don't do them for the lay public because I'll be honest with you, if I opened it up to the lay public, I'd be busy all day. And to be honest with you, I don't really want to be on the Internet. I'd rather be behind me. Absolutely. Well, this uh, guys, if if you don't share this show, then I don't know what to tell you because there was so much valuable information in here. And so, guys, we appreciate uh, you listening. Um, please share the show. Please subscribe. Thank you, Doctor Jack. Jack. Thank you so much for coming on today. Um, yeah, I am looking forward to the day that we are able to do part two. <laughs> okay, no we problem. Anytime, time. guys. Appreciate your time so much. Thank you. Take care. That's the show, guys.